Welcome to Making It Happen, a career in the performing arts where we discuss how to break into the performing arts industry for yourself or your child, teen, or young adult. Guests include artists, creatives, casting directors, musical directors, choreographers, agents and managers, as well as parents of young professional actors, singer, dancers, all who are passionate and share my vision of helping talented individuals land professional representation and have successful careers in the arts. My name is Lisa Solak, and I am the CEO and founder of Making It Happen, a career in the performing arts, having helped hundreds of clients break into the business on stage, in films, television, commercial work, and more. This podcast is supplemental to my groundbreaking online courses, Professional Kids and Teens 101, a primer for parents, and Professional Biz 201 for young adults, college students, and graduates. For more information, check out all the ways that you can benefit from my courses, programs, my free weekly newsletter, and free guides. Go to lbctalent.com. My guest today is Carla Garcia. <laughs> I, I don't usually start here, but I'm going to start with the Tonys. Oh my gosh. So excited that you got to do that. When I heard about it, I was uh, on cloud nine for you because you. that was such a big thing. And I think because here was a year that was so perfect for someone like you to break oh. into that space because there was no words. It was all about the music and all about the movement and you got to do that. So talk uh, to us a little bit about, tell people what that was like, how you landed in that space and what it was like, the experience of casting the dancers and going through the process with Ariana. For sure. Oh my gosh, it was so thrilling. It was fast and furious. Um, I was doing a couple projects at the same time, so it was quite stressful, but in an exciting way. You know, this was a moment where I felt like it could be a game changer for me, not just with future opportunities, but just something I have never experienced before. Like you said, like breaking into a space like that, that people wait years for the opportunity for, you know, and um, and I was so grateful, Ariana DeBose, who I've known as a peer. I mean, like, we have been through the trenches together auditioning for shows, and then obviously now she's an Oscar winner, you know, and she's on another level. But she has always been supportive and appreciative of my choreography, and it's something that I've noticed um, throughout the years that she's – every time I see her, she's checking in, you know, what are you working on? And, and, and I mean, she has danced for me in one – in a couple pieces before um, – you know, before West Side Story. And so, like, we have shared space in this dynamic before, obviously not on this level, but I think that I really felt her trust and the fact that she called me. She could have called anybody, you know, and, and she wanted to gauge my interest. I think there were still um, some other ideas about who could choreograph this year, and um, I expressed to her that, you know, I, I would be honored and really excited to take on that opportunity um she told me that she loves the way i can tell stories through dance and i appreciated that and in a year that that's what the task would be you know like mm. i felt um that i i was up for it um so then then they brought me on the team and then a few days later the tonys were technically canceled there was articles that came out that the writer's strike would prevent the Tonys from happening. So I wasn't sure if I would still be involved. And then it went back and it was happening again. But then I wasn't <laughs> sure if I was involved, you know, so it was a lot of back and forth. And I think in that moment, I just was happy and grateful to have been asked. So I knew that it would happen again at some point in mm -hmm. another way. And I just decided to like move on about my way about my um, schedule. Um, but then, then they happened. And, and, you know, like it was it was thrilling. And it was we had two weeks to find dancers. Ariana and I were um, very aligned with the people we wanted to be a part of it. You know, obviously we have similar circles. We have um, similar taste, I think, that, and that was a big reason why it worked so well, our collaboration. And I think for someone like her who brought me on, who has not done this before, there's a big level of trust that came into play when it came to collaborating you know um she obviously had a lot of ideas um on the grander scheme about what we could do with this piece and she and she welcomed my ideas as well to riff off of what her plans were and so that's the best type of collaboration i think in a, an opportunity like this so um yeah and then we, we we thought about dancers you know obviously she had a lot of experience with 
people from the West Side Story movie and just over years of like knowing lots of people. And I, I knew the same dancers. And again, like the tastes aligned and we just wanted to have the right energy in a space. You know, that's a big thing that I think is a make or break when it comes to creating, especially for my process. And I know hers as well is that we want the energy to be right. It's a stressful situation. You know, you just want good vibes. Mm-hmm. Me personally, wanted I wanted to feel very supported by people who I've known for a while or who have shown up and always been there um, creatively, personally. You know, it was it was a moment of, like, I needed people there who I felt safe around. Um, and I think that was a big factor when it came to asking the right people to be a part of it. Um, and they knew my choreography very well, either people who have taken class or have been a part of projects or who I'm married to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. so mm-hmm. it is important that we all spoke the same language um, because it made the process uh, smoother. And and there were a couple of people who I hadn't worked with before, but who I just felt it was right. Um, and, you know, and so we wanted to pay tribute to dancing the, the show and, you know, did a little nod to them in the mm-hmm. beginning that I thought was really mm-hmm. important yeah. and asked a few of those dancers to come on board. So, yeah, and I think that I had a visceral, like, experience because I just felt like it was such a new day for me, and, like, I was nervous, you know, I, I was really, I worked really hard to front load a lot of the work, and, like, I did a lot of pre-pro, and I did all that, because I also have been an associate for the Tonys before, so I knew what the process was like. Oh, that makes and it I, easier. Yeah, like, and so I actually knew the team, like, I knew the director and um, a lot of the producers from my experience being on the Tonys a year and a half before it. Like, I danced in it, and I was associate for Sergio when he had choreographed it. Oh, right. So that, yeah, so that was helpful. But again, it's just such a different dynamic when you're the one in charge, you know, and (laughs) um, (laughs) so, like, to step into those shoes, and, you know, I had told Sergio about it. Um, when I got the opportunity and he was so supportive and I just wanted to ask him for the best advice because, you know, I wanted to make him proud and I also wanted to know what he thought was important. And, you know, he had great things to say. He was like, make sure your shots are all set, make sure you tell them what you want um, and plan that ahead of time. And that was really, really useful. And then Ariana just, you know, like that's a lot of pressure on her too, to not just bring someone um, who has never done it before on board, but to host in a year that there was no, you know, no script. writing. Yeah. And so to trust me and herself to just take on that star role and just dance her face off, which mm-hmm. was so thrilling to watch too, because she is a rock star, you yeah. know, and she can carry a whole number with being the lead dancer in a piece. And so I will say to wrap it all up is that I think, I've wanted an opportunity like that, obviously, like, like a lot of people want that, but I'm so grateful to have been given that in a year like this, Mm -hmm. where, like you said, you know, like it was important that dance led everything. And so the stakes were even higher, but I'm just like all about seizing that and enjoying that. And I think when I spoke with the dancers, it was like, let's enjoy this power. Like, this is a lot of power that we have. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, let's enjoy it because people forget that dancers are, are powerful. Like what we do can move audiences. And, Mm -hmm. and I think the industry on the night of the Tony Awards is usually you know, like it's a lot of inside jokes. A lot of the times Mm -hmm. it's a lot of very exclusive things that we talk about which is wonderful because it's like you know we have such a special community that has such a specific like niche um way of telling stories but this was a moment where it's like oh let's invite anybody and everyone who can just appreciate dance you know and dance is so global right now um in the past decade let's invite them into our industry in this way Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. to be a part of leading that is is really special so I'm very grateful. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you, you know, a lot, you said a lot there in regard to um, just somebody new coming into the space, because there's so much that goes on with how you are in a room, whether that's an audition room or whether that's a rehearsal space. And there are a lot of people out there who 
feel a little bit entitled once they graduate from college or from different programs and they feel like, you know, I'm perfect for this. Why shouldn't I get it? And I think there's this space of like, okay, understand that you need to be nice to everyone, that you need to be supportive, that you need to have your eye on the director all the time and your focus on what their goals are, not what your goals are as an individual. So there's a lot of that that people need to learn when they're first coming out of school and they start to audition. And it's interesting that you say that here you were in a situation where time was limited, you know, and and mm-hmm. stakes were high. And yeah. the thing to do is to do exactly what you did. Bring in people that you know. Bring in people that are going to be on your team and to be working toward your goals and not trying to interject things that maybe aren't going to be helpful to the end goal, you know. And those are things that yes. I deal with with clients who, you know, they're trying to navigate the audition space. They're trying to navigate the networking space and how do yeah. I get it, you know, and all of that. And and certainly that has to do with finding the right classes to take and the right choreographers yeah. to work with and all of that and to develop these relationships. And certainly this was so important to you in that moment that you had those people, you know, and that Ariana had them as well. And the fact that the two yeah. of you worked together and could collaborate it literally was the stars aligning and a perfect storm for you yeah absolutely and I think what you said was so key because I think you know I teach a lot of class I teach class in the city and I meet a lot of dancers and I love it and I love that's the first step for me is when people show up to class I know that they're interested in my work like that 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 equals that to me like I'm like oh like so and so was in class or they've come a few times like so I know that they find something valuable about what I'm saying each week and mm-hmm. you know they don't have to come each time like class is expensive I know that as well but at least I can see people want to be in my space mm-hmm. and I think that every relationship is a different fit you know like it's not always going to align like you said and that's okay that's why we have a variety of stories that we're telling that's why we have different creative teams and so I think that's also a part of the releasing the privilege releasing the why didn't I get this or whatever it's just understanding that like not all spaces are meant to be occupied by the same people you know and 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 that's what's going to make this industry more colorful Mm -hmm. um and rich um so it's just knowing where knowing yourself and where you gravitate towards and what what fits and I think absolutely that's really important. Absolutely. And I think new people coming into that space need to try all the different choreographers. They need to explore what's going on at the different, yeah. you know, dance spaces in the city when they first arrive. That's super important to them. So um, I was going to talk about this later, but I have to ask you. So your style is so unique. I just adore it. Like if I was young Thank again, you. I would be in all your classes and want to <laughs> sing with you. Um, and there's you know, you have this uncanny way of obviously emulating the music, the music and all of the, all of the innuendo and the, and the, the nuance of the music, which is so Mm -hmm. cool, but it's also just such a cool, like almost an urban feel to it. And Mm -hmm. I also noticed that you have this really uncanny ability to choreograph this percussive movement along with these sustaining moments that are almost very, and, and maybe this is the wrong way to say it, but sexual in a way. Do you mm-hmm. know, it, it provides yeah. this like, this kind of, it draws you in to that, mm-hmm. that kind of, I don't know what the words are, but anyway, I wanted yeah. you to, in your own words, describe your style. Like, do you have... <sighs> Because it's different depending on what music, like I've watched all of your videos. I watched them all before the interview to just refresh my memory. And obviously they're all different based on the styles. I was looking at your shorts. Everybody go to her website, go to her website and watch her short videos of her choreo. It's just refreshing and amazing. And it's going to make you you. all want to take her class. Um, (laughs) But yeah, can you describe that? And maybe the, the, the metamorphosis of your style, like where it came yeah. from and, and how you, you landed where you are today. And I'm sure it's going to morph more and continue to change and grow, but where, where were you and how did you get from there to here? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for appreciating that. <laughs> like you've just described it so well. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm very musically sensitive. My dad was a guitarist and pianist and musician. And so music is the number one thing that inspires me Mm -hmm. to move and to create 
Um, I know that's different for some people. Sometimes it's idea work. Sometimes it's, you know, scene specific, set specific. But to me, it's it's the music mm-hmm. and how that can color and dictate a an emotion or an environment. And so on the minuscule level or on the grand level, like it can just tell us so much, I think. Mm-hmm. And you know, I feel like with my short films, especially like I love, I love creating stories in that way because it starts with a piece of music. Like when all of those short films started from a piece of music that I heard and I was like, okay, how is this making me feel? And then how do I want to move? Why are we moving? And what are the characters you want to bring this world to life with, you know? And Mm -hmm. so that's where it starts for me. I think that percussion, I love horns. I love drums. And I think that each of them have different personalities. And so how, how they, could, they could provide, like you said, that sexuality, like horns or even piano, bass, like bass is very mysterious and sexual mm-hmm. to me. They all have their own different quirks. Um, and that is what dictates how I move my body. And, and like you said, you know, like the layers of the different instruments on top of each other, to me that I, I can see like, different pictures evolving based on what the music is doing of course i do think that there is a um it's it's kind of a less is more thing it's quality over quantity like i think there should be the right amount of Mm -hmm. movement Mm -hmm. for each instrument you know sometimes what what i've seen like my music musical taste is very um selective when it comes to where are we moving when for the different instruments cuz i want it to be impactful when it does yes, happen i can right? see that yes absolutely yeah mm-hmm. so and in terms of like how i develop or how my vocabulary has morphed i think morphed is like the right word because it's constantly evolving mm-hmm. like every day that i'm living like I feel like I have a new you know layer of inspiration and Mm -hmm. and I don't even have to I don't think about it like it just washes over me whether it's something I watch you know something I or a class I take or something like that and that's definitely how it began I mean I was a competition kid growing up you know I I studied at a dance studio in Maryland and we did tap jazz ballet all the things and then I went to college and I majored in dance and it was a whole nother world because we were doing modern and, you know, classic, um, postmodern. And I was at Tisha at NYU. And what I think that did for me was expose me to people from different backgrounds, people who had gone to art schools growing up and who had the modern temperament, you know, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 I mean, I'm like a sponge. Like I can, I even now when I take class, I feel like I can still mimic in a way that works for my body, and I'm constantly like learning and evolving um, as as a mover. So mm-hmm. college did that and colored on top of my tap jazz ballet. Let me understand. Oh, how am I working in less of a commercial way yes. and more of movement for movement's sake? you know yes absolutely and, which is concert world like it's like mod uh i worked with kyle abraham bridget Moore, like some of the people who are mfas who i danced for that was more of the education i got than for my actual professors who i really love and adore um but it was working with these new types of movers who were doing a new age um uh modern west african influence and and hip-hop you know like it was all grounded in a in a modern um type of movement so so that colored over on top of my commercial mindset and you know college for dance that is what that is what it is unless you're going to a commercial dance program like you are studying your art for Mm -hmm. art's sake like you are diving in there and you're not you know trying to be in a music video you're literally like let's talk about how your body moves you know and that has its own like it was eye-opening just that's a whole nother conversation like college for dance you know because I was shocked like I was like oh where are my jazz classes you know no no it's good no this is what people need to hear though you know I think it's it's important that that whole college experience is important to open up other doors and other other opportunities for them to see and understand other means of movement, exactly what you're saying. And not everyone sees that as being important to do. Absolutely. And I was one of those people, like, I remember, like, being in it. When you're in it, you don't really understand why you're there. You're like, what am I doing? I'm, you know, <laughs> where's my jazz class? Where's my tap class? But really, it's like, in hindsight, I look back, especially now that I'm choreographing, I'm like, oh, that's why that happened was because now I have such an understanding of, and appreciation 
for that type of movement and composition, like how you know, how you compose things, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, I think that I didn't understand it then, but this is very much a like looking back mm-hmm. at my years and also being able to work with people from different backgrounds, like if from coming from all different walks of life, you know, not mm-hmm. everyone's a jazz mm-hmm. kid from a competition studio, yeah. you know, so yeah. Yeah. having that type of communication and like, you know, um, again, yeah, and you I know, sorry, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the storytelling piece of it, creating focus, learning mm-hmm. like what that means, creating the pictures, you know, all the things that, that the modern space teaches us too, and being more grounded, I think, and more about that and not about a focus being on winning a competition and who we're going up against. Yes. Well, (laughs) and I think that's what it is because I came from there and we came from, I came, which is also valuable. You know, I came from a like a studio where it was like, okay, great. You're going to go to New York and you're going to be on Broadway. And that was always like the end goal. But because I wanted, like, I needed structure. I needed a grace period. I needed to be in academic land for, you know, I needed that those few years. I think that it's unsettling for us to come from such a commercial training ground and then to be like, wait, okay, but where, where, how do I win? What's mm-hmm. the end product? Why am mm-hmm. I doing this? And I think if you're going to study dance or any art, really, you have to just let yourself like release and feel the feels, go through the training and without any kind of end product in sight, other than the fact that you're going to learn a lot. Yes, we all need to make money. Yes, we have to have a plan and a business plan and everything. And I think that's important. But I think if you just allow yourself to be like, okay, what is this? What kind of creative mind am I going to um, be when I get out of here? Because it might spur other things about you. You might be more into business arts administration. You might want to like put together a company like who mm-hmm. knows you know mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah it's hard though it is hard like you know went for ambitious people coming in with not seeing like an end goal is really tricky but if you have the resources and the opportunities to study your art um then I think that like entering it with that is, is and I wish that I I did more because I wasn't I was impatient a lot of the time and then it took me a second to like release and be like oh well I'm here let's just like Let's be in people's pieces. Let's see what I what inspires me. Try to enjoy me, you know? it. Yeah. Try to take yeah. it in. Relax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So then I, by the end of my, in my last year, I booked my first Broadway show. It was a show called Hot Beat. It was an Earth, Wind, and Fire musical. And I Sam remember Kamina that. Was in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Supposedly one of the um, worst shows like ever to be on Broadway, <laughs> which there's, there's truth to that. But it was my Broadway debut. It was my first time, you know, like um, getting my equity card and all this. So that was my entrance into the theater industry. And then from there, I did Wicked. I did Adam's Family, you know. So I was doing different types of choreography. And I think after college, having worked hardcore commercially in these theater productions, Mm -hmm. you know, that was another layer of washing over me. Like the the type of Wayne Salento movement in Wicked pitted against like the quirky Sergio Trujillo movement mm-hmm. of Adam's family. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, these were all like very close together too. They were only a few months or a, a year in between. And so I remember being really inspired by the different ways of moving. And while I was doing these productions in between, when I didn't have a show I was in, I would be teaching. Like that was my side job. And sure. the teaching either in Jersey or, you know, in Westchester or in Connecticut that was my way subliminally that I was developing my choreographic voice, like teaching. I mean, you know how it is. Like, it's like, even on kids who, you know, are just learning a class combo each day, like I'm learning how to run a room. I'm learning how to navigate personalities, also create content like Mm -hmm. each week. Mm -hmm. And I would get really inspired when the kids loved the choreography when they were excited you know like yeah yeah that was my first taste of like oh people can appreciate what you create like that even in its smallest sense was the bug like oh this is cool like let me just keep going you know Mm -hmm. and again like not everything like it's hit or miss sometimes like sometimes you're just you have to write drafts and I think that was the thing that I learned in teaching and starting to choreograph for competition studios or starting to you know, showcase my work in New York City, like, you have to just, I've never had a problem with just 
trying something out and then showing it. I know that it's scary, but I feel like as long as it's authentic, then it's going to be your truth and it's going to be 100% you unapologetically. Mm -hmm. I think the moments that I was getting in trouble was when I would try to be like other people yeah. because it was trendy or it's yeah. like you could see that, yeah, people liked it and then I would try try to be sort of carbon and and I wouldn't mm -hmm. fully try but subliminally I was like oh yeah. well they're responding to that you know let me try to move like that mm -hmm. and that's never a good way to mm -hmm. enter you know creatively because it's not you <laughs> yeah yeah so, I love that I love that you said that because when you're in a room and you have to do choreo and your time is limited and you're trying to navigate the room as far as like just kind of controlling children, teens, people who want to put in their two cents, like learning yeah. that, that's a huge part of it. That navigation of the room, which you mentioned yeah. is cool. And when you're time constrained and you're trying to choreograph and you want to write, I know I used to love to just write on people in the room. Like I love to kind of have a skeleton in my head for whatever yeah. the story was, know all the beats and what I wanted to hit and then come in and be like, I just need to create on these people. And sometimes I would just create the movement and it was very loose and it wasn't specific for a certain section because I knew where I wanted people to be just visually but I wasn't sure what I wanted them to do and then other times it would be more specific and I just love that because it felt so magical and creative and collaborative with the dancers but sometimes that is hard to do because of time constraints when there's when there's yeah. no problem with time I found I could do that. But yeah. if there was a time constraint, there was this planning piece that you had to do ahead of time. So you're with your methods in that regard, do you tend to create the choreo ahead of time and then go in and adjust it? Or do you enjoy just creating on people? I think a little bit of both. I think it depends on the scenario, you know, like mm. with the Tonys, when I know who I'm working with, uh, I yeah. totally am naturally inspired. Like Kevin popping up from the piano, like I'm like, he's going to do that gonna be great <laughs> David over here you know like Carly over here like it's like when I know exactly what we're who we're who we're working with mm -hmm. um, I can be inspired by them simply just them like you know because like you said um, it's a collaboration and a lot it's like directing like a lot of the times you just want to let people be do what they do and 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 then guide that and and put your own stamp on it like yeah. I think there's a nice marriage of having people shine and especially in my work I think that like I love to work with people and my work shines the most when they can bring a lot to the table when mm -hmm. they bring a lot to the table then I can set parameters on that and then put my own spice on what they do mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. you know like I think and I I'd rather that. do that yeah I'd rather do that than spoon feed because it's more authentic to mm -hmm. the group like that we're that we're showcasing and mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm definitely not saying like everyone make up the steps but it's just you know you get to a certain point as a performer, and that's the people that did the Tonys, I think they're all at a point where they know who they are as dancers, as artists, like they know what feels right, they know who, uh, you know, like they, they understand themselves. And that's the best scenario, because then it's like, great, now we're all just being ourselves, and I'm mm -hmm. going to give you the step, and it's going to look completely different on everyone, but it's yeah. going to be cohesive. Yeah, absolutely. You know? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And so I think that it, it, it really depends. Um, and then, and then just to finish out like the influences, like I, I, the last thing is that when I, uh, was younger while I was, you know, performing in Wicked, I, I was very much socially in the, um, like hip hop underground, like, well, not totally underground, but just the hip hop scene and, you know, the, um, kind of like the collegiate, um, hip hop scene and mm -hmm. culture mm -hmm. shock. Um, yeah. I would, I would go and teach there. Like I knew a lot of people. And um, I was immersed into that like underground battle freestyle scene, not necessarily yeah. like me doing it, but I would go like I would go to house dance conference and I would go and I would watch b-boy battles and like blocking and I learned so much more about like foundational hip hop style mm -hmm. that I felt like in another life if I had started as like a hip hop dancer, I feel like I would have like 
really just soaked it all up from when I was younger. Because yeah. I have a video of when I was like six dancing to Marky Mark, like good vibrations, <laughs> like doing like the running man. And I was like, oh my God, I loved it. Wow. You know, and then I just right. entered codified training like um, mm -hmm. till at high school and I was very technical. You know, I went to uh, the, the Kirov and Washington Ballet and everything. But like, there's something different when I take like a hip hop class or mm -hmm. I'm just around really raw type of movement mm -hmm. that isn't codified like it just yes. feels right like and I don't know yeah if something I can see in that in your culture yeah, yeah I can totally like, see that in your choreo absolutely and and you know it's so hard because I think years ago the hip-hop was not something that was equated with the other dance styles and it wasn't mm -hmm. something that was being done outside of the major cities for young people so you couldn't go to a local studio and have that option to actually train in in that in that genre and now it is yeah. equated and I feel like without it young dancers cannot be as successful even in the Broadway spaces because it just limits no you more. it adds another filter to the things that you can audition for and that you can do because so much of it is not just a standalone genre but is filtered into the other into other genres as well and segue to yours because there's yes. so much there Yes, I no, I, and I absolutely love that you, yeah, that you mentioned the filtering in because, you know, I, whenever I, I don't even know why my class is still called theater, or why any class is called mm -hmm. theater jazz or theater anymore, because mm -hmm. I think that the genre of dance in theater is, is not even a thing, like, it's no. like, what does that mean, because no. there's just so much, and that's why the level of competition in terms of dancers in on Broadway is so high now mm -hmm. because, and which is great because now we're just drawing from different types of dance different camps mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. you have yes. like Hofesh with Fiddler you have the Mer Peony and Mari like bringing mm -hmm. their people in and specialized dancers like yes. who do these specific things in these types of dance which is wonderful which is how Broadway should be yeah. and I think that you know when I teach my class like I, I don't want to label anything like I don't want when, when someone asks like well what do you teach essentially yes like I, I am jazz trained and I will always go back naturally to a technical jazz ballet foundation because that's how I grew up and I will always claim that. On top of that I am influenced by so much by contemporary and by hip hop and I think that that is all fused up into a mm -hmm. style that is musically sensitive but i would never want to claim to say i teach street jazz or i teach hip-hop or i teach mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. just teach a movement that tells stories the way that i feel it tells them when i hear the mu music and that has all of these different styles wrapped up in one mm -hmm. and you know i think that like once we start categorizing like it's we get we get in trouble a little bit i do think that it is important to acknowledge like the different styles that we are coloring our our movement with sure. like like sure. i said like you know like foundational hip-hop and jazz and mm -hmm. tap and ballet mm -hmm. um but i think i would never claim to you know be teaching hip-hop like i'm like but mm -hmm. it has mm -hmm. Um, like you said, like the grittiness of it, or mm -hmm. just you can recognize, I love locking, I love how funky like locking mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And I love the footwork in um, breaking yeah. and you know, like top rock, like, mm -hmm. cause, and I'm also a tapper, like I, I and that's like where those two things kind of blend a little bit, because it's rhythmic. And you know, mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so in looking at your movement and seeing what's happened and what you've done, and and really looking closely at it. And what you just mentioned about musical theater, let's, we could call musical theater like classic musical theater class. Let's go to the old classic yes, musicals. traditional be, musical yes, theater Yes, there jazz. you go, traditional musical theater jazz, perfect, mm -hmm. yes. But what you're doing is is your own. Like I almost feel like, and I wanna kind of bring this around to the, your, the whole, um, the ad recently, for for Chicago, the Fosse thing, oh, yeah. but, which is very so cool random wild, yeah. but that happened. But I was going to mention Fosse because he has such a distinct yeah. style because of the isolated movement, and we can yeah. all we all talk. I'm about definitely it influenced it. by him. Yeah, as well. yes. I was yeah. just going to say I see yeah. that so much as yeah. well in your choreo, but I feel like you're almost your own style. Like I feel like you're developing, and you are like that new choreographer who is going to literally explode well you already are kind of in that space oh my but gosh thank to you. be this person who has their own style 
Like, is it going to be Carla? Is it going to be Garcia? Right. Like, is it going to be like, right. what is it? you know, like Fosse became Fosse. Yeah. Like, I kind of, you know, I'm older. I've seen a lot, you know, we've, I've been in, yes. you know, close to the industry for a long time, but that's what seems to be happening with what you're doing, which is so exciting to watch and so exciting to see. And I don't know if oh, you realize you. it, but it's that well, definitive to me. Oh, thank you. I, I, th- that means so much. I mean, I definitely, I definitely think I feel empowered in just creating my own lane. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. like, let me just keep doing what feels right. Um, I do want to make sure, you know, like I'm giving due where, where it's important. Like I said, like Fosse was a huge influence. I grew up, you know, training ballet, tap and jazz and traditional musical theater style, which also includes Fosse for sure. sure. And so yeah. the isolation is was it is exciting to me and it's definitely ingrained Mm -hmm. in there but then the isolation of locking or of you know that kind I really love that too and I loved getting or and voguing and and that when you know I would take some classes and really really enjoy that that is now coloring over coloring with my my influence of Fosse and so you know I I I think that I'm not being I'm not being relevatory in a sense that like, you know, but, but in the end, like Fosse wasn't either, either. like he, mm-hmm. Took, mm-hmm. he took from, you know, Indian yeah. dancing and, you know, mm-hmm. so people before him and like different cultures. And I think, I think it's important to me that I am doing what I feel is, feels natural to my body, which mm-hmm. is things that are I'm excited about the ways I hear music and how that makes me want to move I always want to lead with that and not you know like not like oh let me put a little bit of this in it a little bit of this so that mm-hmm. people can see what what what's in there you know mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's more like just leading with like oh what was exciting to my body when you know I heard this piece of music oh and you see sprinkles of these other things and I think that's how we as um an industry and this next wave of like dance leading the way and like dance being more prominent in storytelling is that we are just using all our different perspectives of how we think we can tell the story um you know because I think that like how I create movement for my classes like it's very exciting and special to me because it's 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 a space that can be all mine and that I can you know really share my perspective and how I create vocabulary and people can respond to that and that's different than when I'm working on a show like a theater show and I'm collaborating with a bunch of designers which is so wonderful too Mm -hmm. but it is you have to fit where you have to have dance fit properly you know it's not going to be the same and yeah. having those two muscles, though, is really important to me because then I could use my movement and vocabulary in ways that can be revelatory, perhaps, you know, like mm-hmm. that can be like exciting and new and fresh. Um, you know, I'm working on I'm working on rent right now with um, Andy Senor Jr., who was one of the original angels in um, the Broadway cast, and he's directing it and we're doing it in Aspen. Um, and then the music director, Jared, has done a lot of productions of the original Rents. And so I'm working with my collaborators are very close to the show, you know, and I've never worked on it ever. I've never been in one. I've never choreographed one. Mm-hmm. But they were excited to have me on board or Andy, Andy was excited to bring me on. And I told him in our first meeting, you know, it is important to me that what I do is honoring like the original uh, or what you think is important about yeah. this show because you're so close to it. So that's sure. really nerve-wracking to me, you know, and I want to just pay homage and do it justice, but I'm not a purist. I haven't been part of it. So I did a lot of prep pre-pro videos for him, and I just it's just such a massive show to try to do on the spot. Like, I work fast, but, like, I need to have an idea. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing um, a bunch of pre-pro and sending him, like, videos, and yesterday it was so, like, affirming because he he was like Carla it's exactly what I felt would be a breath of fresh air new life pumped into it but not like trying to be different Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. we have all these revivals these days and it's which sometimes it works like sometimes it works maybe not the whole show but like you know I appreciate people trying to move in a different direction but he had said that the choreography is 
it's pumping new life into it and it's fresh and it's something you haven't seen but it's still honoring the relationships and what feels right for the characters and now he can go in and just and sprinkle in the anchoring um storytelling that he Mm -hmm. knows so well which is honestly the best type of revival i think you know like that you're you have the right foundation and then you're doing something new that still like honors it so that was like a really huge compliment because Rent is like the Hamilton of that time, you yes, know? And so, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the but, original but cast yeah. and I, I, I'm thrilled that you're doing it. When I saw that in your, in the information, I was like, wow, that is going to be something. Is it bound to come back to Broadway? Is that, is that the goal? Oh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, Andy sets a lot of the, this is his first time setting his own type of rent. Um, he usually sets the Michael Greif version, mm-hmm, the original, mm-hmm. um, in all of the different countries. And so mm-hmm. he's done like like a, a lot of different productions. So, sure. so it's I'm not quite first. sure. Yeah, so it's his first and we're gonna do it, you know, and we'll be we'll be all the way in Aspen, but like I think there's something really exciting about working with his mind and like someone from the original team and who was in it you know and Mm -hmm. and that is a learning like that feels valuable to me this experience is gonna feel valuable because working with directors you know that relationship is so it's so important that it's collaborative and that and that I'm growing like while I'm there like you know Mm -hmm. like watching him to me I'm I'm segueing but like to me like working with really smart directors it is more valuable to me as a choreographer watching them work and how they articulate intention sometimes than watching other choreographers Mm -hmm. because to me like choreographers can have their own process in any way and i don't think we i think that we should have our own perspectives and the way that we do things but to me i love getting to hear directors talk and how they get an emotion out of somebody or, you know, cause I think that's so helpful for me as a choreographer, mm-hmm. how I communicate with actors, with dancers and seeing things in a different way. Yeah. It's going to help bring my stuff and elevate my, my work mm-hmm. too, you know? Yeah, of course. Of course. So um, yeah, let me ask you a question. So I have been involved in a number of projects where choreographers are having to work for television and film and yes. that can be a whole nother animal. So if there's someone out there who is, you know, on the road, they want to be a choreographer, they want to move into this space, can you talk a little bit about the differences, maybe some specifics about preparation that would help them if they are being asked to choreograph a friend's music video? They're being, you know, they're just kind of starting out because you can, and I have been in this space with top choreographers, top Broadway choreographers who moved into the TV space and then found that these shots weren't what they thought they were going to be. So what they choreographed that was so wonderful didn't really end up being what it was meant to be once it was filmed and edited. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because you have had that experience as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's helpful to like dancers and choreographers. Like I did, you know, I've done a couple of TV shows like Smash and as a dancer and to be on set and like really understand um first of all killing yourself like doing the same thing again and again (laughs) and then nothing gets in the take (laughs) that's when you just run back to theater and you're like give me live theater so everyone can see everything (laughs) right and then the money is a completely different thing I mean like it's crazy how much money that industry has (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but artistically like and creatively it is such a different beast you know I think it depends on the nature of the project you know like I said like I was talking about before about my short films like I love getting to do that and produce my own work in that way because essentially I I usually work with a cinematographer who lets me take the space like I kind of I hire someone to capture everything exactly the way I would like and if I trust them enough usually I, I definitely do they'll give me their ideas like I work with Pierre a lot and he's so smart and he's an actor and he's a director and he'll give me ideas about shots or where we can go story-wise that will elevate my work I only want to work with people that will elevate that will elevate will elevate each other you know yes and and I think that but in those in that collaboration I'm very clear with my short films that I definitely want to lead in terms of conception and in terms of focus and like how we're capturing the movement so that's why my short films are 
a gift because I'm like, this is all me, like mm-hmm. in the way that I want it to be. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I have those films on my website because it's authentically like everything, how I would want it to be. Sure. And then when I'm hired, uh, so this past year, I was hired as a choreographer for one of the, uh, first the show power, um, raising Canaan and there, you know, it's not a, a lot of dance, but there was an R and B group and they needed movement kind of like en vogue and it takes place in the nineties. So it's like nineties hip hop, um, like singer movement, which is super, Mm -hmm. super fun. And it's definitely like, I'm a nineties kid. Um, and I'm working with, they're fantastic. Like they're fantastic, but it's also like, you don't have a lot of time with TV. So the prep for that, what I had requested was that I could go away with some dancers. I'm going to prep this on other people and then I'm going to send it. And then I want your feedback. You know, that to me is an efficient way of working, but Mm -hmm. I definitely have to ask for that. Um, and you know, a lot of the times, cause they had never worked with a choreographer, they, they want to hear like what I need for the process. So that's a scenario where I was able to dictate what I think, or, you know, let share what I think would be most helpful for the process. Mm-hmm, and it was mm-hmm. very efficient. And then everyone got in the habit of like, okay, send us your previs and then we'll give you feedback and then we'll have a rehearsal with the, with the girls. So that's how that went. I know it just depended on like the type of show and the team that is working, that you're working with. You know, I know that's not always going to be the case where they are as flexible, you know, maybe mm-hmm. it's a show like Glee or Schmigadoon, you know, like Chris Catelli, like probably has a lot to say about his process and how in a, a second season, um, you know, kind of has a rhythm. I remember working on smash and, um, Josh Burgas, I was on the second season. So by that point, he had a rhythm with like, mm-hmm. okay, they give me a pre-pro sure. and we do the thing and the stuff. Yeah. So I feel like it is all dependent on the type of show, the amount of dance that's in it. But I think like my suggestion, and it's just how I work, I always love to get time by myself with my dancers to develop ideas and then show that to the team get as much feedback as you can also prefacing it with like, this is an idea. And I do this with the other shows too, but I think it's so helpful for them to see what you're imagining. And then in that previs, I will shoot it the way that I think it should be shot. So smart. And I did that with the Tonys as well. You know, like, I think that it's helpful have to have an associate or someone just like show them the, the possibilities because people we're visual people. Like it's like once the director, the producer sees what you're imagining, then you're halfway there. Right. And so, and then it's working with the DP. I think the Tonys like were a big intersection of everything I had worked on. Like it's mm-hmm. like my short films, my, you know, TV stuff. And then my, my theater things once we got on stage. So in that process, the director, Glenn, Um, and the Steadicam guy, Tori, was fantastic. I mean, like, so flexible, so quick, so understanding. He was amazing. Oh, my God. I don't even know how he he ran down the stairs. I don't know how he did that either. Oh, my God. I was thinking that. I watched it. Yeah, I watched it so many times, and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, he had one chance to do this. Literally. And people thought it was pre-recorded. Like, when people in the theater thought because they saw what was happening outside in the lobby they saw it on the screen so they Mm -hmm. thought that was all pre-recorded and that we just started doing it live in the in the aisle and I was like oh because it was so smooth (laughs) it was amazing it was crazy yeah so I think you know heavy and smooth communication with the DP is so important like he or she is the one that's going to make your stuff either look really good (laughs) yeah Yeah. or not you know, I have to ask you this relationships. So relationships and networking is so important. And this becomes a thread throughout all of the interviews that I've done on the podcast, because it it's kind of tricky in the way you navigate that. Right. So, and some people can be a little bit too pushy in that regard, and they don't really know how to navigate. And it's important to kind of learn how to do that. So my question to you would be, how important from start to finish was networking for you and relationships that you built based on the way you acted and reacted and functioned in the various spaces that got you where you are today? Oh, that's fantastic. That's such a great question. 
I think where I landed in each space, whether I was a performer or then associate choreographer and then choreographer, all happened incredibly naturally. <laughs> like, you know, and this is my perspective, and I know that everyone is different. Um, you know, even one of my mentors, Sergio, gets on me sometimes. Like, he's like, you need to know who the producers are. You need to talk to them more. And da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And I think that I, I, I think there's truth to that, and I should be a little better about that. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also, like, me kind of going through this life, letting my work speak for itself. I really think there's power in that. And, you know, whether that means in another in another universe that if I was a little bit more aggressive with my networking, um, that, that maybe I would have gotten projects like quicker and sooner. I'm actually okay. I think, I think quality of life and balance is really important, you know, and I think that the right projects are, are going to come your way if they're meant to. I think that I've led with what I've always thought came natural to me, which is expressing, expressing through my work, whether that's through my classes, through my short films. Um, and, and then eventually when, you know, projects were landing in my lap, it was because of those things that I was creating. I mean, to be honest, those short films I was making for myself. Like I really, really was, and of course to build reputation, but I wasn't trying to like, I didn't have a direct specific director in mind or a project or Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I wasn't I was just Mm -hmm. like this feels Mm -hmm. right and I'm gonna put Mm -hmm. it out into the world Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna show everyone who I am Mm -hmm. and then once I do that Darko Tresniak was interested in my work because it was so in line with the noir world like that Mm -hmm. that show that I'm choreographing you know or this other project felt right for the thing, you know, like, and I'm doing an immersive show in the fall where it's a speakeasy. So all of my videos that had like with the bar and the card playing and then the smoking and the yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. like they, they were like, oh, she understands the world. But it, it came so naturally mm-hmm. that like the right projects came to me because of the work that I put out there. Mm-hmm. So that was when I started to choreograph. As a performer, you know, like I would just go to open calls and then the hot, hot feet, I went to an open call and my phone number was incorrect on my resume. And Uh so they could not find me for the callback. And I was really bummed. And then they emailed me at an, at an email that I didn't normally check, but I remember it was on my resume and it was Paul Hart from casting and he was trying to find me and they had finished the callbacks and I called him. I was like, sorry. And he, they saved me a spot in the ensemble because they liked Maurice Hines liked me from the open call so much. <laughs> That's amazing. It's amazing, but it's not normal. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Normally they'd be like, we don't have a number. Oh, well, next. Oh, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, there are moments where I'm like, oh, my gosh, if I had just like, you know, but the, but again, like I think because I was meant to be in that show or I was meant to meet these certain people, um, I think that I have also valued humility and um and I want to be treated, I'm going to treat people the way I like to be treated, you know, like, I think it, it definitely always pays off, well, not pays off, but I just, I feel better when, like, I am treating someone the way that I would like to be treated, whether that's a student, or a collaborator, or a bit, you know, and totally so, agree. and I think that that, it comes back to you, like, it mm-hmm. really, really comes back to you, like, and I, and, and on top of that, like, you're just a happier person person like I feel mm-hmm. like it's more joyful to like navigate the world and this industry in a positive way and you know okay we're not going to get all the projects we're not going to get all the jobs um you know like you could really get stressed out about that but then you just release it because like well maybe that wasn't supposed to happen okay great let me go go about my day let me choreograph for class let me watch finish this Netflix show I was watching let me <laughs> hang out with my husband like it's like it's important yes. to know what actually brings you joy mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily going to be ah you got this job because there's a lot of things out there that we're not meant to do and you know maybe there's a reason for that um so i feel like networking is very different for everybody mm-hmm. i i think being nice pays off i can also at from the creative 
perspective and from a teacher's perspective, like it is quite obvious to me when someone is not being real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't you think know. they realize that. Exactly. You just, and, and I love everything that you said because it's so true that you just have to be yourself and be focused yeah. and be a part of the project in a positive way to help move yeah. whatever it is forward and be satisfied with being yourself in a room, whether that's an audition room, you know, or wherever yeah, or you a are in an room. interview. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely like, and I think, you know, cause I just, before we were speaking, I spoke with a creative team, um, just a potential project that I could be on a, like a new musical and it was exciting, but you know, like I've, and they were wonderful. And if it works out, it works out. And once again, mm -hmm. like, I think we're all at a point, especially after the pandemic where we should be intentional about the spaces we're in mm -hmm. and that is only going to make this industry richer, like, because we'll, we'll, we'll be meaning to do something, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I'm fortunate enough that I have joy in other spaces that have nothing to do with me being hired, which is class, which is, you know, my own projects or my friends, my family. Like, it's like, there's just so much to enjoy that being asked to be a part of creative teams or big shows or whatever, like that, that's like, icing like it's yes. like okay yes. great you know mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. and, and hopefully it's a good project <laughs> because mm -hmm. there's a lot of crap these days too mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> and you know it's funny because that brings us back to what I was saying in the beginning perspective do you know what I mean yes. like having that yes. perspective and knowing yourself enough to make the right choices and be okay with things that maybe you know aren't right for you you know absolutely and I think that you know going back to like when I was in college and not really appreciating the space I was in yet and the resources, I think for young dancers and choreographers, it is important and valuable and natural to feel doe-eyed and the world is your oyster and like, let me like take all the classes. Like that is, go out there and like experience different people in different ways and see what you really feel excited about, you know, like mm -hmm. it, it's less about like, oh, who is going to get me somewhere. Yes. Uh, you know, like, it's just, it's, it's like, what do you actually like to do? Because then mm -hmm. that will really bring out the right part of you. Like, mm -hmm. and that might not look like what you thought it would. <laughs> exactly. That is just yeah. such great advice. And that's, and that's great advice too, because there's a lot of people that don't embrace their type. Like whether you're talking about a dancer, actor, or singer, they don't embrace their type because they haven't found themselves because they're trying to be who they think everybody wants them to be. Even yes. in the audition space there, you know, obviously you're trying to, you know, be the character or, you know, read the lines. And if you constantly are thinking about what do they want from me, what do they want it to be? You have to just be yourself and like, give it your own take, make your own choices and be yourself. And if you're right for the project, you're right for the project. And if you're not, then, you know, you move on. And I love the fact exactly. that you also have found joy. And I love when you mention joy in creating your own art and creating your own things and, and being able to have kind of that outlet for yourself artistically in between these other things. You know, I think that's important for people to understand that it's okay to go out and create those things for yourself because it's yes. also going to put your art out there in the world, which is really what you want. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, like I want to continue to improve and morph and evolve like as, as a choreographer and, you know, like with the Tonys, I probably, there's probably choreographers or even my peers, maybe who like don't agree with what I did or like, maybe they would do something different, you know, like who knows, but like, I think that as we're all evolving, like, it's great to have different opinions, like, and it's great to see things a certain way. It's like, you know, those um in school, oh yeah, this is what it reminds me of. In school, like in art class, there, like you get this like image and there's like different types uh, of shapes. And mm -hmm. I remember it was the same image that everyone got, but then you can color it differently. And the, the shape that everyone popped out of it, like that they decided to prioritize was so different. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, because everyone's seeing it like in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I remember that so well. Cause I'm like, oh, how did you see it that way? How did you see it that way? And that's art. Like that's how, you know, someone's given a blank canvas. It's like, okay, this is what I'm going to do 
for the Tonys in a year that it's all dance. And I'm not going to, the moment I feel like I'm trying too hard, that's a problem. Like, yeah. You know yeah. I mean? like, yeah. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that too, because yeah. I find that when things are just kind of writing themselves, like when you're in that room and you're in that collaborative yes. process and you're with the right people, things tend to just kind of, it almost feels like it's writing itself and it feels right. It feels magical. It feels like, almost like this divine kind of experience. I don't know if I'm getting a little too yes. with that. No, but it absolutely. Feels that way. Mm-hmm. It feels like, okay, great. And then you let it, you let it breathe. Then you let it sit and you're like, great. That's when it's going to be in this year today, right mm-hmm. now, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's a trust. You have to trust yourself yeah. and like, just put it out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. For sure. For sure. Carla, this has been awesome. Oh, I had such a great time. <laughs> this is so great. I feel like Your we could talk forever. Have a great day. You too. Enjoy your weekend. If you'd like to follow Carla to keep up with all that she's doing, follow her on Instagram at Carla Puno Garcia and join me every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Need more information? Visit lbctalent.com or lbctalent.thinkific.com and follow me on socials at Lisa Solak underscore lbctalent. By sharing our stories, we can help other talented individuals land the career of their dreams.